This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I'm going to hit record. Um, and then you can just lead it in. We always start with a cheers. Yeah. Ready? Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Hi, everybody. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And this is 51 First Dates. And we are joined by a very special guest today. And our guest is Laura Holtz. Oh, my God. I forgot to ask you how you want to be. She's an author. Yes. I was like, usually like, <laughs> author this, that. And we always ask before, and I forgot. Uh-huh. But Laura Holtz, author? Is that, I am is an that author. I am. There we <laughs> yes. go. Boom. Okay. Uh, nailed it. Um, so yeah, we're so excited to have Laura on today. She has a new book. We're going to hear all about it. And, uh, we're also going to talk about something that's like maybe not so happy fun times as we usually, uh, as the topics that we usually talk about. Mm-hmm. Also guys, I just feel a need to say we're recording at like 1030 in the morning, which is the earliest we've ever recorded this podcast. <laughs> I'm a little concerned about my ability to speak. I'm proud of you. Great. So we're talking about domestic abuse today because warm transfer, Laura, Laura's book has to do with that. So if you don't feel like staying tuned in, we totally understand. We just wanted to give you kind of an upfront warning about that. Um, and personally, I, I'm i going to try to speak to it as best I can, but I'm looking to Laura for guidance sure, so that sure. I speak to it in the right way. Okay. Same. Yeah. I think that like, you know, Kimmy and I admittedly have been really really lucky in our pasts with our partners and um it does feel Lauren we were all three of us were talking before we started recording about like oh this is like hard to talk about and sometimes it can feel like especially as like women who have been lucky it can feel kind of feels dark yeah Yeah. and like I don't know not voyeuristic that's not it but like a little bit like we're just fucking talking and we have no idea what we're talking about yeah. Um, but I think that we want to do our best and, um, it is something that's been brought up in our secret Facebook group and in our, like we've had people email us and be like, Hey, can you talk about this? And I think, mm-hmm. you know, obviously this podcast is 90% light and fluffy, but it is important to like talk about every aspect of like the, the dating and romantic world out there. And unfortunately this is like a huge one. <laughs> Absolutely. And we're just coming off of, um, domestic abuse awareness month mm-hmm. so it's t- it's a timely discussion as well yeah I'd say. totally yeah. but we're so glad that you're here thank you have it with us yes um, um yeah maybe you can just start learning with your background will you tell our listeners just a little bit about you know? sure sure um okay so after college um i worked in sales promotion for a marketing company um i worked on the mcdonald's account for 10 years which was a blast. I did everything from the business side to the creative side, did a ton of traveling, loved it. And then I got married and had kids. And I, my 30s are like my lost decade because I completely buried myself in momming and raising my, my three kiddos. And, you know, they're older now and they're awesome. And it was such a privilege to be able to be home with them. Um, no regrets there, but that's like a decade where I just don't, I don't remember much. It was just (laughs) hustling all the time. So, you know, props to the moms. 
um, who, who do that. Um, and then I started, um, piano lessons, which led to guitar lessons, which led to songwriting. And then I wrote a musical. And then when I finished the musical, I'm a project person and I'd always kind of wanted to write a book and things kind of converged for me. The theme came together, the title came together and warm transfer was born out of that. So that's kind of a, in a nutshell my background amazing yeah musical and book things that I could only dream of being able to accomplish I don't know it's just congratulations oh thanks Thanks. yeah so Laura before we jump into everything Mm -hmm. do you have we always like to ask ask our guests for like a worst first aid story do you have any particularly (laughs) you know what okay so I don't date a lot but I do have one story that I always it was sort of a, the epic date. So it started off, a friend of mine set me up. And this was after, um, so I'm divorced, so it was after my divorce. And so I didn't have a lot, you know, it had been a while since I'd been on a date. And she said, y- you're going to love this guy because he's sharp, he's handsome, he's athletic, and he's funny, and he's Australian. He has this great accent. And I was like, great. So we met for lunch. And you know that great feeling when you just totally hit it off with somebody? Yeah. So we yeah. were talking and laughing, and he was talking about his daughter, his puppet, <laughs> and how he and his puppet had designed this, like, he said, we, I take old corks from the wine that I drink, and I make, I have, like, a little village, and we play with it and so forth. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. And we, all, we were also talking about music, and, and that night I was going to go see this band in, in Logan Square, if you're familiar with Chicago. It, it's kind of a grittier neighborhood, and there was this divey bar, and I was going to go. And so we, we were talking, and he was like, gosh, I would love to go. And right at that moment, the date was going really well. So I was like, come, come along. Like, you know, we can meet up there later. Great, great. So we kept talking, and then they they were shutting down the restaurant to transition to dinner almost. And, and he said, let's take a walk to the lakefront. So we walked to the lake, and you know Chicago, and it was cold and winter, and the wind was blasting off the lake. And he said, let's go up to my apartment we can f- and it wasn't creepy it was cool. it was yeah. cool like i was i didn't feel threatened he said let's go up and we can we can talk and um you know i can show you my place he was in had a beautiful view and mm-hmm. so forth so we walk into his apartment and i have to say imagine like the ewok village from the return of the jedi mm-hmm. right so the cork um people and cork village had taken over the entire apartment. Oh my gosh. And I do not know how anyone could consume that much wine, but I'm telling you, there was like a fitness center, there was the town hall, so many corks, and they all had like little eyes and faces, and he had constructed <laughs> out of cardboard. And I'm looking what? at this, and you know what? Great. I love, I'm a creative person, like I love this, but it was like out of control. So, you know, I was like, okay, well, you know, the date was still going along fine, and then I had to leave, and we decided we'd meet up at this bar. We met up at the bar later. And I'm a front row kind of person when I see music. Like, I want to be right in there. Yeah. And he was he had already arrived, and he was sitting as far from the band as you possibly could. And I walked up. I was like, hey, let's call him Quincy. How are you? You know, I'm, I'm glad you made it. And he was mad. He said, I can't believe you, dro- you, you dragged me to this neighborhood. And I said, what? And he said, we are going to leave in body bags. And he was serious. <laughs> and I was like... Well, you know, it's a little gritty. There's an L stop right here. So, you know, it tends to draw people from all over the place. But I think we're safe. 
no, he would not let it go. And he even made a remark as we were leaving, and we, we took a cab back, and he dropped me off at my house. But he said, um, we're going to end up as, you know, chalk lines on the street outlines if we don't get out of here fast and grab a cab. I mean, it was crazy. Oh, my God. And he, I don't know what happened between the Ewok Cork Village and, <laughs> and the bar, but he was not into it. He did not like the band. He, did, You know, it was just, yeah. it went so south. Uh, and when he dropped me off, I was, my house was on the curbside and he was sitting on the curbside in the taxi. He didn't even get out of the cab to like let me out of the cab. I yeah. got out on the street side, walked around and I had my foot on the first step and that cab was already at the you know, at the corner. He was just out of there. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, so it was very... Safety, and have... this was kind of my first real date date yeah. out mm-hmm. of, you know, not having dated for 15 years. So it was it was sort of traumatizing. But, you know, you have to have a sense of humor when yes. it comes to stuff like this. So. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that combines some of my... Like, one of my least favorite things in the world are people who are sourpusses at, like, things. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you're not having a good time... Shut the fuck up. Don't show it on your face. Don't say it to the people around you. Like, don't kill the vibe. Yeah. Like, just yeah. inside your head, be like, this sucks. I, I wish know. I were home in bed. You know, just don't set. It's so, un- that's one of my my personal biggest pet peeves in the world is sourpusses. Yes. Just, just having met you and also, like, yeah, first of all, cities have all sorts of neighborhoods. But I know that, like, you're not going to, like, you're not, dra- like, what was this thing? Well, Square is, like, uh-huh. gritty, but it's not. Like, it's not it's yeah. not like dangerous. And it's also just no. a weird attitude. To be like, <laughs> it was very it was a very strange experience. And you know what? For all I know, between the time that we had you know lunch and the evening, maybe he had a huge argument with his ex, or like you know right, who knows right. what happened. I'm sure it's like, yeah. I did not take it personally. It was just a very bizarre day. Yeah. And I guess I guess I learned like you know you know take bite size pieces. Don't like commit to lunch yeah. and then let's get together tonight totally. too. It's yeah. hard to hang out with anyone all day. <laughs> I mean not really, not your best friends, not your family, not your whatever, but yeah, but I think you want to walk away yeah. thinking I can't wait to hear from this person right. again, you know? Totally. And then did you ever hear from him again? You know what we did I I am not, I don't like conflict, right? So I think I texted him later like thanks for giving it a try, you know, like I hope you like the band at least, which I know he didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but and he wrote back, and he was super pleasant. And you know, it was just one of these sort of tacit like yeah. understandings that we did not connect. Yes. Like ulti- ultimately, we did not connect. We yeah. we found some common ground there early mm-hmm. on in the date, but after that, no, yeah, not so much. Funny, which is cool. That's all right. Yeah. Well, we always are proponents of day dates because there is that opportunity if you wanted to keep hanging out. Like it's just like. I can see how that would happen. Mm-hmm. Totally. But it's a good a good thought to be like, maybe walk away from it and see. So in terms of kind of speaking about warm transfer, can you talk about where that idea started? Absolutely. Where it came from? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So um, I grew up in a house where it was a very traditional household and my dad was like the very clear dominant force. And I love my dad so much. Like he was an amazing guy. He was um, had so many interests, and he was funny. And I would not say he mistreated my mother, but there were a lot of mixed messages going on in our house. And 
kids notice different things about their family environment, right? So my experience, I have two younger sisters, their experiences in our family were entirely different. And if you guys have siblings, I'm sure they would say the same thing. Yeah. So my antenna picked up this weird, like, he's telling me that I can do anything I want to do when I grow up. But I just asked him about joining the family business. And he said, don't worry, you're going to get married and have babies. So I just was really sensitive to it. And so really growing up, um, anytime there was an experience, I had an experience and I've had many of them where there was like a gender power imbalance. It just sort of went into this file in my brain and it's always just sat there and I've always wondered about it. And I also was very curious about how my mother responded to a lot of this stuff because we're a very close group in our family. Mm -hmm. And I would talk to her and her perspective, you know, she was also very traditional. Um, Up until like when I started high school, things kind of shifted. And then she went back to school and then she got a job and she really sort of asserted herself. Whereas in my earlier childhood, she had not. So these these experiences that I've had, that is what informed the book. And um, I finished the musical and I was thinking about, I I want to tie this into a book. I also... Um, it was sort of on the heels of the Brock Turner incident at, at Stanford, right? So there were a lot of news stories about sexual assault and abuse. And then I read something on NPR's website about how in most countries, um, spousal rape is criminalized. But in India, it has not been mm-hmm. criminalized. And I had just come back from India. And so this was all really top of mind for me. Mm-hmm. And I was formulating the story And then I remember I was in my kitchen and I was talking to an airline and the agent, they had messed something up, the the airline. And and she said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a warm transfer so that we can get this taken care of. And I said, you're going to give me a what? And she said, I'm going to stay on the line with you to make sure this call gets to where it needs to go. Mm. And I thought, wow. I mean, I felt a really taken care of because the airlines never calls you and says, hey, we made a mistake. Right. But the fact that she was willing to stay on the line with me and make sure that I got safely from point A to point B mm-hmm. was, I thought, what a beautiful metaphor. Mm-hmm. So that became the title of the book. And then like two days later, my very good friend called and said, hey, I have a yoga student who does writing coaching, and I know you've been thinking about doing a book. So I signed up with this woman, Sarah Cannell, who actually graduated. I know, Liza, you went to Northwestern. I did as well. <laughs> and Sarah's a Northwestern person. Wait, what's her last name? Cannell. Okay. Yeah. So funny. She, yeah, she's yeah. terrific. And we just set out a game plan, and I literally wrote a chapter a week. Wow. And stayed on it. Now, I take summers off because the kids and I do all sorts of fun things, and it's really impossible to write when they're around, even though they're older. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody wants to talk about something, or we're, we're barbecuing, or whatever. So, um that's that's how the the book came to be and and I'll tell you I I knew it was going to be about domestic abuse I knew that was going to be a theme and I don't want to you know spoiler alert there is a spousal rape in it mm-hmm. um but I I also felt like this is such a sensitive topic I didn't want to exploit it right mm-hmm. and write about it so I donate 10% of the Profits from the book to Rain, which is the yeah. nation's largest anti-sexual violence organization, um, and I also did a ton of research, and I had a really, really great ally in a therapist named Marcia Nikau. She's a um, psychologist who specializes in PTSD. Mm-hmm. So we had many meetings, and in fact, there are three therapy scenes in my book, and she edited all three of those. And there were a couple times where 
I would write something and Sarah, the writing coach, would say like, I love this. This is so dramatic. And Marsha would say, I would never say that as a therapist. Yeah. You need to take that out. And Sarah would say, don't take it out. Like, take it out. So it was, it was kind of funny to be in, in between those two worlds. But, um, you know, I felt like I needed to be responsible when I was talking about it mm-hmm. because um, the goal ultimately was write a book where if a woman is in a situation where there is there is domestic abuse or even even intimate partner abuse if you're dating someone, I want them to be able to read these therapy scenes, relate to them, and see what kind of what the dynamic is and how they are in a way participating. In no way am I saying asking for it or deserving it, but how it is sort of a codependent situation. And um, so, yeah, yeah, I did my best and tried to tease that out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's maybe, you know, ease into this difficult topic. Sure. What do you think are the most, um, what do you think are are some of the biggest misconceptions about about violence between part? And I think maybe we should define a little bit what we're talking about. I think we're not necessarily talking about sexual violence um, exclusively. Like we're not, Mm -hmm. you know talking about or we're talking about specifically in relationships or even on dates on like in, in an interpersonal interaction uh-huh. um which obviously that can can and often does include sexual violence yes but you know i don't think we're talking about um about that just specifically sexual violence yeah or or even physical violence yeah. because um emotional abuse and psychological abuse is mm-hmm. is just as bad and it, it often will escalate um over time to a physical place. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. And even if you don't have the scars to show that you've been abused, um, they are inside and they are deep. And I have spoken to so many women um, since the book has been published and even before that in you know researching. Uh, and it's very traumatic. A lot of them suffer from depression and PTSD and anxiety. Um, so I think there is a misconception that if you are not showing a bruise or a scratch, that you really haven't endured anything traumatic. And mm-hmm. that's just not true. Um, I, of course, with the Me Too movement, um, thank goodness for that. I think awareness has been raised um, and, and fewer people are making the assumption that if you're not you know, physically attacked, um, you're not hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, but s- silence is why this issue persists. So it's great that we're talking about it, right? I mean, it's important to educate people about it. Um, domestic abuse or intimate partner abuse, I guess is what we should call it because, mm-hmm. you know, if you're dating, That's true. these are your intimate partners. Um, it, it transcends race, um, socioeconomic status. Um, it just happens across the board. And it is always about power and control, okay? And, and the imbalance of power in a relationship. So that's always, I think, important for people to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, there are relationships where people kind of abuse each other. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, you know, the man or the woman is being overpowered and, and, and um, dominated by, by the other. 
Um, and I think that obviously, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of people have a very specific image in their head of what this looks like. Cause mm-hmm. we do see, you know, there's a lot of movies about, mm-hmm. um, about like bad, <laughs> uh, very like violent, dangerous mm-hmm. kind of like romantic partnerships. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are some of the ways that like you don't think people think about that we don't see all the time when we watch movies? Like what are what are those? Well, kind I of... think that would definitely be the the emotional abuse or the psychological abuse. And what happens is you get one of the partners is tremendously manipulative. Um, they are usually profoundly insecure, which is why they resort to these tactics. And they're very masterful, and it turns into this like um, systematic stripping away of your self concept. And they do it um, with various tactics. Um, one, a common one is, believe it or not, the silent treatment. Okay, mm-hmm. and and the silent treatment is the withdrawal of affection, right, and attention. So what happens is you've got the abuser who is upset about something and it could be something as small as you know you smiled at the waiter at the restaurant Mm -hmm. or something like that and they will not talk to you for four days five days and in the meantime what are what is the abusee doing um the victim is clamoring for pay attention to me i'm i'm starving for for your love like i need that affirmation so and then when the abuser decides like okay you know i i've got I've got my talons in and, and this, my partner is where I want them. Then they'll give a little bit and then equilibrium is restored. Mm. So there's this back and forth. So, um, withdrawal is one way. Isolation is another thing that, um, abusive partners will do where they say, you know, one woman said that, um, her boyfriend said to her, I don't know why you do all these nice things for your friends because they don't like you as much as you like them. And they would never do anything like this for you. So it's really this diminishing and belittling and disempowering of the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's devastating. And a lot of times, men or women who are the victim, it's confusing to them. They don't, it doesn't feel right. Something feels weird to them. Like this is, but they just don't identify it as abuse. And I actually um, talked to one therapist who said, you know, one of the first things I do is when I'm dealing with a victim is I say, your abuser, this, your abuser, that. And nine times out of the t- out of 10, the victim says like, who, what abuse? Like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, this is, this is an abusive relationship. This person is abusing you. So it's, you know, and I use this analogy in the book, although Mythbusters busted the myth that, you know, you put a frog in tepid water and you heat it over time. The frog doesn't jump out it just it acclimates to the temperature Mm -hmm. of the water and then it dies um in fact the the frog would would jump out but (laughs) the point is that if you're in something like this and it's escalating over time and you're in love yeah you're making excuses for the other person totally you and you might be in love with them i mean there are there are many people who will not leave an abusive situation because they say they love their partner absolutely and and i'm here to say I have a, I have a friend who I who I know can identify her situation as, as toxic, mm-hmm. but she will say he loves me and I love him and therefore I am not leaving. It's so common. Mm-hmm. It, it blows my mind. I've I've had friends in similar situations where I'm like, this isn't good, and they're like, I know. It's um, 
tough to watch. Uh, but it's also, I think, something I was thinking about. That's thinking about what you were saying that that you can can identify that certain things are bad. Um, is um, the piece Chloe Dex Chloe Dykstra wrote about her like long term emotionally abusive relationship? I'm not sure. Did you read this? I haven't or seen it. No. Um, she she wrote really thoughtfully and intelligently, and it's very upsetting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she quoted a show, a TV show, BoJack Horseman, that wrote uh, the quote was through rose-colored glasses, red flags just look like flags. Mm, and I think wow. I see that so often yes. with uh, with people. And I also think that so many times, like, we're so, you know, as humans, we're all just so desperate to be loved and for affirmation and validation. And, and um, uh, so many times when I see relationships that are maybe, like, veering into this emotionally abusive or manipulative, controlling behavior, mm-hmm. there's also a certain amount of like lavishing like the the abuser will give those kind of like kernels of you're so beautiful I love you mm. know, just like those little things like the, the things that we all need to hear that does kind of keep the frog acclimated to the water you know yes that's uh, I would say that's true I also you know it, it's important to know that um, a lot of times these abusive personalities are are Jekyll and Hyde you know, they, yes. their friends would never believe. I mean, I think there was a, a coach at like Ohio State maybe where his his wife came forward and said, I'm being abused. And she, she actually had evidence too. And people couldn't believe that he would do such mm-hmm. a thing, right? Yeah. Because they knew him as this jovial, successful, kind, compassionate person. And, you know, sometimes those people are also, you know, abusive personalities. Totally. And... As true crime fanatics, I mean, both yes. of us, yeah. it's like how many times is someone, and obviously, unfortunately, spousal murder is incredibly common. Yeah. So many times, like, it's the neighbors or the family members who are like, it's impossible for this guy to have done this yeah. or this woman to have done this. It's mostly men, unfortunately. I think sometimes um, abusive personalities will, I, I mean, I know, they will, they will disrespect their partners in public. Mm-hmm. Um, and belittle them, and sometimes they do lavish them. The other thing that that's interesting is that when an abusive personality is sometimes courting someone, they will go above and beyond with the chivalry. Right? It's mm-hmm. almost like I'm going to completely win them over so they become dependent on me, and then once I've got them ensnared, then I can really, you know turn the screws yeah so yeah oh my god you guys i'm gonna just reveal a very embarrassing thing about myself and i just hope somebody <laughs> listening understands and you know identifies so embarrassing but i just can't stop thinking about it so i have to say it okay uh i've been watching a tv show that is just su- such hot garbage but i love it so much um and you know, please, you see, I'm like sitting with this no judgment, very like, smart, respectable no, author. No, no, no. It is called 90 Day Fiance Before the 90 Days. I have oh, never seen it. I have heard, heard of it. it. Yes. Okay, and I've I'm never curious. actually watched 90 Day Fiance, like the regular one. But one of my best friends, uh, Nick, recommended <laughs> recommended this show, and I was like, No, I'm not watching that. And he's like, Just please, just watch it one episode. And I watched it, and I was like, Oh my god, I get it. It's all. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot of. Uh, it's about Americans who meet um, non-Americans online and starting to date them online. And then the show is about when they go to meet them. So it's the moment <laughs> of meeting someone you've been dating online. Okay. There's a woman who is um, f- 
I think she's 42 and she is from Connecticut, really close to where I grew up actually. So I'm kind of was like, Oh, like I felt extra connected because it's like 20 minutes from my, my hometown. Um, and she is meets and starts dating a 24 year old Dutch guy who looks like a Disney prince, like tall, <laughs> he's a personal trainer. He's blonde. He's like, he's so handsome uh-huh. and they're dating online. And she goes to Amsterdam to spend six weeks with him. And I was like, oh, rooting for this couple. I'm like, oh my God, like she's from my hometown and he's hot. I was all about yeah. the, whatever. Good for her. Basically. And she gets there and he is super chivalrous, which to me, I was like, in and of itself, that's not a problem. But the first time I saw an interaction between the two of them in person, I was like, something is weird. And mm-hmm. as this series played out and like listeners, I hope if any of you are out there watching this show, please, you know tag me in the secret Facebook group and let me know if like you also have this weird impulse. But the, I started watching it and I started seeing these little controlling things this guy would do and these little ways he would demean her and these ways of like, I just don't want you to ever drink alcohol ever again. She was not a big drinker. She had wine, you know, once in a while and she had a little buzz one that he got extremely upset with her and just these little tiny things and a lot of gaslighting, a lot of like, mm. you're crazy. This, this is all in your head. You're making this in up. In six weeks, this is yeah. happening. Wow. In six weeks. And, okay. but the thing that blew my mind was that there was a lot of lavishing of praise and oh. a lot of chivalry. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I'm against that normally. I'm like, please tell me I'm pretty. Everyone. But, <laughs> oh, and help me with whatever. Totally. My, you know, Open the door the for me. Yeah, car, whatever. Like, know, take out the trash. I don't want to carry my own suitcase. I'm I... very small. <laughs> like, but it's one of those things where yeah. as I was watching it, I was like, is this just me? And, you know, I don't know these people. It's a reality TV show and a pretty trashy one. But there are ways where I think that these things of like uh, – look how much I'm taking care of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You need this. Yes. It's above and beyond. It's, there's something scary. Yes. Scary. I mean, yeah. we, we all, we all need to establish boundaries. And I think in a healthy relationship, you establish those early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, clearly this, this woman, I mean, hopefully she didn't stay in Amsterdam. I'm not. She, was. she did say the but, whole time. I'm not okay. fully caught up because I've only watched the first season because I have put the second one on Hulu. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I've been avoiding Googling, like, where it goes, like, what they're in the second season, but I've been avoiding looking it up, but I'm nervous. (laughs) Well, it is, you know, there are subtle controlling behaviors that that show themselves pretty quickly. You know, if he's disapproving of her alcohol consumption, what she's wearing, um, sometimes... how much makeup, makeup right, right, right. Or, you know, your clothes, your religious beliefs, like these are all like tentacles. Mm. And, you know, if you're, that's a huge red flag. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's crazy. I was sorry. That was a very long tangent. Clearly I need a friend to talk about 90 day fiance with, uh, (laughs) but I think that the, um, the, yeah, the, the kind of scary stuff wrapped in the nice stuff is such a, frightening thing to me because yes. the amount of people who just want to be loved who just want to be have anything about themselves validated and then I think the um the tendency to use that to control someone yes. is so especially dark mm-hmm. you know just preying on their needs yes it's kind of terrifying <clears throat> and um, also to say that like anyone can be a victim I don't know but my closest experience with this is like super brilliant powerful woman who I know who's a friend um yeah, I, it just seems like the highs are so high, the lows are so low. Um, and it's really hard to know what to do as well as mm-hmm. a friend. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that in case listeners are relating in that way. But just all of that was kind of to say 
anyone can be a victim. And yeah, just as a reminder, like we all want to be loved and we all, but it, it has nothing to do with kind of like how strong you are, how aware you are. This is a friend who knows what is going on, you know, and it's hard to get out of. Yeah. How educated you are. I think sometimes people think that because they, like I have a friend who was a psych major. I was, I double majored in psych and I had a friend who was a psych major who was in a really controlling relationship who was like, couldn't be me, you know, because she's read about it and knows about it and, you know, and I think there, we, people have ideas that Mm -hmm. you have these um, magical, this magical armor, but it doesn't really exist. But yeah, do you, do you have thoughts on like what people can do if they see this happening? So, you know, every situation is different Mm -hmm. and and you always have to consider, um, you know, if you're, if you see, if, if some, if there's imminent danger, obviously you're at a bar and I mean, and that, that sort of goes into the, like, you know, potential for date rape or something like that. Like that's a whole different story. But if you have a friend and you feel like they are in, um, an abusive intimate partnership. Um, you can say, I noticed that he um, seems very angry about his ex. Okay, so that's another telltale. Like if you, you go on a date with someone and they immediately start adopting this martyr mentality of like, oh, you know, she accused me of being abusive. She's a witch. Like that bitter, bitter anger, that that's very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's say, let's use that as the example. You, you saw how this, this let's say it's a man, because it could be a woman too, who's, mm-hmm. who's the abuser, says, you know, I not- you could say, you know, I noticed this. And do you want to talk about that? Do you, you know, is there anything I can do? You know, how did that make you feel? But, you know, you have to be careful because at the same time that this person is demonstrating that behavior, they're probably also maybe trying to isolate your friend from you. And you also don't want to, you know, her to say something to him and then he gets angry and then he further wants to drive the wedge between the two mm-hmm. of you. So you just, you have to be really, really careful about it. Um, but I think if your friend ever comes to you and says, I'm concerned about this, number one, you have to believe her. Number two, you have to validate her. Um, you cannot have judgment, right? Mm-hmm. That's a, that's probably the worst thing you can do is say, I knew he was a dog to begin with. Like yeah. I, I recognize that I never liked him. And the fact is, even if they break up, be careful what you say because they might get back together. And you, I your friend, that mistake. your friend needs you. Your yeah. friend needs you. And and that is really another very important thing is if somebody is in an abusive intimate partnership and you're recognizing it as that and or you're assuming that that's what it is, stay close. Mm. Let them know that yeah. you're there and. Like I said, no judgment and listen. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be a PhD in psychology. You just need to be a friend. Yeah. yeah. I think that was a huge lesson for me in talking to my therapist about how do I handle this knowledge that, you know, it was my friend told me about it. It wasn't like I was seeing signs, um, even though then I realized it was. It was that I, I can't fix it. Like I can't all I what I need to like figure this out right away. And it was physical. So yeah, I couldn't fix it. But I needed to make sure to, like, maintain that trust mm-hmm. and be there and have her be okay with, like... Like, it was more important for me to not judge so that she'd feel comfortable talking to me about it in the future. I don't know. Exactly. So you didn't shut that person out. Mm-hmm. So I was... Yeah. So, uh, Laura, I know you mentioned the the kind of martyr, um, especially regarding ex, 
exes, uh-huh. past relationships. Right. Um, are there any other, for our, our listeners who are out there dating, are there any other um, like signs or things that they can kind of keep an eye on in, in um, people who they're meeting for the first time? Mm-hmm. Things to watch out for, for like those types of pot- potentially controlling behaviors. Yeah. Okay. So again, if you really like somebody, sometimes you're willing to overlook this stuff and mm-hmm. you kind of have to listen to your gut because guess what? These things are not going away and they'll probably get worse. Um, I would say jealousy is is a problem, can be a problem. I mean, it's kind of flattering if someone is a little bit jealous, but when it's when it kind of crosses over into another realm, um, then it's toxic. I, I heard a story about uh, a woman who was had ended one relationship and the ex-boyfriend had kept the TV, like the the, the nice flat screen, you know, TV. And the new guy she was dating, and this was like after date three or something, she mentioned him, oh, I had a TV, but my ex took it, and mm-hmm. now he's dating someone new, and it's in their apartment or something. And the new boyfriend said, call him now. Handed her the phone and said, call him, you're getting the TV back. Well, you know... She said, "No, like I, the t- I'm letting it go. Like I don't want to talk to him anymore, mm-hmm. and like it's over." And this guy sat there and was irate. You need to get that TV back. So it's just this over the top, like you know, I wouldn't. That's not necessarily jealousy, but the, that controlling yeah. mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, so jealousy, subtle signs of um, controlling behavior. The isolation, which is, you know, let me get you away from your friends. Don't talk yeah. to those people. Like that, That's very dangerous. Totally. Um, they can indoctrinate you with other things if you don't have a support network. So totally. that's that's something that, that happens over time. I've seen it um, happen to people or heard, really heard of it happening to people, to friends where it's with their family too. Like, oh, well, for you know sure. your mom just thinks everything you do is blah, blah, blah. It's like, mm-hmm. I mean... Obviously, if you if you're not from a great family situation, it's a little bit different. But if your family's generally, you know, nobody's family is perfect. But if your family's generally nice people and they love you, like if people are talking shit about them, mm-hmm. I feel like that's like no, no, no. Definitely. And you talked about the, this martyr syndrome. Um, sometimes an abuser can say they don't like me. I don't want to be around them because mm-hmm. they don't like me. You know, they are against me. They and you know, and the victim is saying. No, they they don't. It's don't take it personally. It's not about you. Um, so that's that's also kind of a tricky situation where they're trying to um, isolate you from family. But yeah, that definitely happens. Um, the other thing that happens um, is if an abusive personality will often like have rage, right? They'll punch a wall. They'll whip something across the room. So if you're just starting to date someone and they are raging like that, uh, be careful. Mm. Um, so physical manifestations can also be, um, a red flag. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. It's, Mm -hmm. it's always very scary to me when, you hear about that happening anyway. We had a, a male friend who had a, you know, a female partner who did that, and their relationship eventually escalated to physical violence. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. like in a, you know, it's it just happens, you know, a lot. 
Yes. Come well, they more. say that that half of men and half of women report that they have experienced um, psychological violence, like psychological abuse in their relationships. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it is it is both men and women who yeah. are on the receiving end of that. Yeah. So what would you recommend, and I don't want to put too much pressure on this because I know um, it's a big question, but just to anyone who is like recognizing that they're in a relationship like this right mm-hmm. now, like going to rain org but so I I really think um, no more.org okay is a an excellent resource um, you can get online and they talk about how to intervene if you have a friend who's mm. in the situation what you yourself should do if you're in the situation what are the telltale signs of intimate partner violence mm-hmm. um, they just spell it out in a very lovely way and in fact they even have this button on the computer like if you hit escape this screen will revert to, you know, Google search so that if you're in a situation, you're cohabitating and Mm -hmm. the the abusive partner walks up behind you, you can get off the screen. You know, Mm -hmm. it's scary that people have to consider that, but they do. Yeah. Right. Um, So I think that the National Sexual Assault Hotline, the National Domestic Violence Hotline, um, I have those numbers if you guys want them. Rain is, is also terrific. Um, and, and Rain works with like local agencies, so they'll mm-hmm. refer you to the right people, and they've mm-hmm. got a great, um, you know, great staff there. There's also a terrific organization. It's run by a, a young woman named Stevie Croissant. I mean, and her last name is Croissant, a light and <laughs> flaky French pastry. Who couldn't love it? Like amazing. she is, she is an amazing woman, and she was in an abusive relationship. Um, she got out of it, and she started this non for profit, and. Women who are in abusive situations that want to want to put their stories out there can send them to Stevie. Mm. She will edit them for spelling and punctuation. <laughs> um, and they can either be published anonymously or if you want to put you know, your name on it, you can do that too. Um, but she's just gotten some incredible stories. And it's just a really great site, weareher.net, for any woman who wants to feel like they're not alone. Like, I am so moved by the things I see on Stevie's website. And and also, um, she has an Instagram, um, We Are Her. I think it's underscore We Are Her on Instagram. And she posts all these really interesting facts. And um, she's, it's just a, it's a good forum. And, and I would suggest that anybody who's in a situation um, where there is intimate partner um, abuse you know, check it out mm-hmm. because you you won't feel like you're alone if, if you if you go there. That's amazing. As we'll, we'll link to all of these right in the episode. Yes, too. definitely. Mm-hmm. These are all in the notes below. Uh, and then I think kind of the last thing that I want to talk about is is if if there are people who are who have experienced you know various levels of these kind of emotionally abusive relationship controlling mm-hmm. relationship who are experiencing PTSD. Do you have any thoughts on them for them on on like starting the next phase of their life, dating healthily, dating, you know. Boy, I think, you know, it's in, it, interesting, and I, we touched on this earlier, in that um, even though the abused partner is not asking for it, nor do they deserve this sort of thing, they are participating in a relationship where someone is taking advantage of them and who is seeking dominion over them in a systematic way. It's really important for somebody to step away from when they step away from a relationship like that to get a handle on 
why they stayed, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. and shore up, right? So I think therapy is really, really important. I think it's important for, I mean, if you've got an abusive personality that realizes that they're abusive and they're willing to go to see a therapist about it and, and, and go to group therapy, that is just heroic, right? Mm-hmm. As a victim, you owe it to yourself to get well, and to feel good about not making that same mistake. Again, a lot of times, you know, people just are repeating patterns that they grew up with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so these are familiar arrangements, romantic arrangements. Um, and so I think it's, they, they have to break the pattern and they have to be aware of what's happening to mm-hmm. them and how they're participating. Um, I mean, I'd like to also talk about like healthy relationships. Yeah. I mean, just like that there's safe communication that you feel like this is what this is what a person who comes out of an abusive relationship needs to know that you you can find somebody where you feel safe communicating with them, where there's trust and there's consideration, where boundaries are established and respected, and just there's general mutual respect for the other person, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 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 I mean, I think that's. Obviously, it's funny because we talk, like I said earlier, we talk about a lot of really lighthearted stuff about dating on this yeah. podcast, but I think that we distill everything to that. You know, I yes. think it all, it, it it kind of comes full circle in that yeah. statement because, yeah, like ultimately that's what you want is someone who the, the it, it feels equal with and it feels safe with and you can say how you're feeling without the risk of repercussions. Yes. Um whether they're incredibly serious or simply like, or I'm not going to text about you for it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, did I text him or her too soon? Or like, whatever the repercussions. Yeah. It's always like being able to feel like you can feel honest and be open in your communication seems like the common theme. Yeah. Of this podcast. Yeah. Um, totally. Well, I mean, thank you so much for talking to us about this. Yes. Listeners, thank you for listening. Um, and yeah, we hope you, uh, I don't know. Not. I hope this was this uh, this conversation was helpful and uh, and let us know what would be more helpful in the future as we yeah, talk about this. Totally. Where can people find Warm Transfer? Oh, Amazon. Yes, go on Amazon. Yes, yeah. Right. <laughs> and, or, uh, yeah. And do you have like any social media you want to shout out? Oh, like I have my Instagram account, which is Laura Holtz Official, <laughs> and I do have a Facebook page as well, and I have a website, lauraholtz.com. Oh yeah, we'll check it out. Great. Yes. So everyone, please check out Laura's book. And we usually sign off by saying, "Go on a date." I think today we should sign off by saying, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna donate to Rain today." Yeah. And I'm the, oh, I, I think that, that uh, you too. guys should uh, you. go and donate anywhere from you know a dollar to a uh, million dollars, whatever. <laughs> Whatever, Whatever you, you got. Can yeah. <laughs> um, and we'll obviously link to that and um, put information on where to do that in our secret Facebook group. Yeah. A big shout out to Anthony from Five Ohm for making us sound really good in post. And you should check Five Ohm out online at fiveohm.com. And that's spelled F I V E O H M. Ohm.